Welcome to the First Customers Podcast. Today, we've got J.K. Molina with us. J.K., uh, give us a little background, man. What's up, Piers? So for everybody who's just joining, I'm in Piers maybe like, like three minutes ago where it's just chatting. <laughs> so we're, we're right off the cuff. We're just, we're just hitting the ground running, you know? So we're just starting out. But uh, what's up? Yeah, what's up, everyone? Um, welcome to the what, First Customers Podcast. Uh, a little bit about... Uh, who I am, I'm J.K. Molina, built Tweet Hunter from zero to $1.5 million a year in 15 months using just Twitter. First business I ever started was uh, selling perfume door to door. Then I okay. became a VA. Then, uh, I, uh, then I built this business, right, which is kind of the, the, what people think about when, when they think about me, right? So yeah. Tweet Hunter, all Twitter, and um, yeah, so whatever you need. Uh, just answer some questions today, bro. Yeah. So you said you started out selling perfume. Is that right? I did, yeah. Door to door. Um, okay. Tell us a little more Bad? about that. You ever watch Breaking Bad? Yep. Yeah. So kind of kind of very similar. You know how Walt talks to Jesse and he's like, yeah, let's uh, let's cook meth, right? Yeah. So my math, <laughs> my math teacher, he, uh, he used to like sell bootleg perfume. By the way, and uh, this is this is in Guatemala, right? So I'm born and raised in Guatemala, still live here, and uh, there were like like the common way to to make money here. I, maybe in America it's the same, but you kind of make you go through high school, then you kind of get an engineering, law, or medicine degree, and then just make like a thousand or two thousand bucks a month, and that's kind of it. So the my okay. math teacher was like super against it, right? And he goes like, no. Like, I'm selling perfume because I'm an entrepreneur. So we graduate and there's like this gap between when we graduate and when we're going to start college. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, maybe like if that dude can do it, I can do it. Right. So what I did was I, I went to my grandma and I asked her like, grandma, do you have, um, do you have some plants that smell like something? It's like, oh yeah, I got these lemon smelling plants. <laughs> and uh, I got like, I got this mortar, like pressed it, then I put it on alcohol. And that's kind of how you make perfume with glycerin. So I was like, okay. horrible perfume, like terrible perfume. Like it, it, I wouldn't recommend it because then if you spray it, it would stain your clothes like forever. It was horrible. Wow. But I said, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go and, and like try to go door to door. And I went door to door, sold a few perfumes, uh, mostly to old ladies. Very hungry market. You know, that is that is a market you yeah. want for. You want to sell perfume, don't go to, was, go to women. But it was perfume that you personally made. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So um, wow. then, then I then I understood, dude. Like, oh, maybe, maybe I don't need to grow my own plants because then you have a supply problem, you know. So then I was like, okay, let me let me try to get like just the essence. And then I remember I got all these essences and different things, and I dropped one of them in my room. And like oh. for for like two months, my entire like teenager dude room smelled like tutti frutti. You know, like strawberry things. <laughs> I still remember that. that was not the vibe you're going for. Yeah, not not exactly the macho. Vibe, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's how I started. But then I, you know, I, I got some money a little bit. And then that allowed me to, I was I was in college started, starting engineering, right? And then I'm not, I realized, like, man, I'm not, I'm not learning business. I really liked business, right? So... Let me get some business classes at night. So I got some money from that and then I borrowed from my family and I enrolled in business classes. And um, 
at, at that point, I remember there was like all the business classes were like horrible, but there was this one dude that showed marketing, but like direct response marketing, which might be interesting to your audience and you too, which is like, don't bother about branding, don't bother about the long term thing, just get a customer. And I like right. And I, I got like, it made sense to me. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, cool. And at the time, I was like the Gary Vee fan, you know? It's like, yes. just get a mentor. No, Ty Lopez fan, dude. Sorry. Ty Lopez. <laughs> He's all about like, Lamborghini, get a mentor, right? Kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. So I asked him, like, dude, like, can, can you be my mentor? Like, can, can I work for you, right? He said, yeah, I get a job. At, they didn't pay me, so it wasn't a job. It was an internship. At, uh, yeah. There's a uh, there's real estate thing. And I was kind of learning the ropes of real estate, kind of how landing pages work, how Legion work, what a lead is, and all that stuff. But uh, that's Did you say you were working really. with Ty Lopez? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I was oh, a Ty Lopez fan, you know. Oh, I was okay. working for this dude that came to give a class at the university uh, at night. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yes, sir. All right. So now get us into, all right, how did you start to get the ideas for and start to think about starting your business that uh, you ended up selling? Yeah, well – we we have to go a little bit back on that one, right? So, right. so I, I was then I was a Gary Vee fan, and then he was gotcha. talking about just produce, just content, just produce content, right? You know how he says content, just make content, right? right? Yeah. And then yep. <laughs> I I was started producing content on Twitter because that was kind of the I don't know the platform I liked. I started growing this following, but I got to a like maybe 10,000 followers or something. And I realized like there's people like with 1,000 followers just stacking cash and I'm not, right? And I was kind of like, man, like what's the following for if I'm not making money? And then I saw this tweet, but this guy named Lawrence and Lawrence said, the Gillette social media manager is paid $80,000 to tweet. Now, if you check the Gillette social media, they get like three or four likes per tweet. It's horrible. It's a, it's really bad, right? At 130,000 okay. followers, this is a multi-billion dollar brand. Right. Like three likes, you know, I get more likes, right? Yeah. So then, I, then he said, like, imagine how much it would pay you if you didn't suck at your job. Like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense, right? I, I can make that happen. Now, at the time, I was a VA making 250 bucks a month. And then... I thought, man, 80K a year? I was making 3K a year. And I thought, man, wow. like that's a shit ton of cash, right? Like that's a lot. Yeah. Now in Guatemala, that's, that's like normal side. What, what is, what's it called when it's not full-time, part-time? Part-time. It was a mm -hmm. good part-time salary, right? So 3K a year? Uh, 3K dollars a year, yeah. So 250 yeah. bucks a month. Yeah, that's, that's kind of standard here for part-time. Okay. But I was there. And uh, I thought, yeah, fuck it, right? So I, um, I remember I was making 250 and there was this course that was 255 on copyright. And I'm wow. thinking, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop my monthly salary in this thing. Holy right. shit. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, okay, fuck it. Let's go. So I, I learned a lot in the copywriting. But the biggest thing I learned was that course included a lot of templates on cold DMs and cold outreach and how to talk to people, right? And at the time, I was at the, I don't know, thoughts, school of thought of that 
you need to create financial projections. You need a huge MVP. You know, you need to run a huge Facebook ads campaign and raise money from friends and family, all that thing. But he, right. there comes this guy that says, no, dude, you know, like you just DM people, talk to them, just DM them. Like you have, you have an advantage because like if I have a hundred thousand million followers, whatever, and you have zero followers, we still have the same DM button. Right? We still have the same playing field, you know? So I thought, yeah. huh, you know what? Yeah, let me, let me DM people. So I started going hard every day, DMs, just, hey, would you be interested in this? Hey, would you be interested in this? And, and what were you selling at this point? I was selling ghostwriting for people because she said that, uh, remember the social media guy, the, the Gillette guy? It was, well, social media management, right? Just ghostwriting. Right, right. And I thought, like, what can I sell? And I was selling like $15 logos that I got from Fiverr to be done for $5. And then Fiverr charged you a $2 fee. So it was really $7 and I was making $8 profit. And I realized this shit's not sustainable. This is not going to work, right? But then becomes this guy, you can charge $2,000 for a ghostwriter. So like, no way, no way. But what other option did I have? So I believed and I started DMing people. And my, my DM was kind of kind of kind of fishy because uh, uh, the first DM was, hey, Paris. So it would be a Google Doc with your name on it, tweets for Paris. And then it would be, you could see that I typed words on the Google Doc, but it was blurred, right? Now, everybody got the same message and I didn't write tweets. I didn't write anything, I just blurred it. So I said, hey, Paris, I wrote five tweets for you, dedicated to you. You're free to use them. It's bullshit, right? I did it. I just wanted to get responses, right? You know, so you're like, pre-selling. Yeah, in a way, in a way. I was like showing them like, hey, I wrote these tweets for you. And if you replied and you wanted to see them, then I got to write. But before it was kind of the illusion, right? In the beginning, I, I saw one tweet from Kali Kratis on Twitter that I really liked. In the beginning, you need to make white lies about your ability to execute. I said, like, hey, can you do this? And because it's the first customer, then you got to go, like, absolutely, dude, I can do it. You end the Zoom call, and then you go, like, fuck, how do I do this? <laughs> then you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a good book on this. I think it's, uh, you'll, when I stop talking, you'll know I'm dead by Jerry Weintraub. So the, okay. the thing is, he, he, he's, like, losing steam. Like everybody is, like he used to be famous and then in New York, like in the 60s or something. And yeah. then he was kind of losing steam and people were not paying attention to him. It's like, fuck, what did I do? But in comes this opportunity. And then this big record calls Jerry. It's like, yo, Jerry, so what? Yo, I heard Elvis, Elvis Presley's in town. Can you get him? And the guy's just like, this is my shop. Right? This, this is what I can do. And he goes like, Absolutely, I can get you Elvis Presley. Don't worry about it. So he, he hangs up. He trades in every single favor he can to get Elvis Presley. And he gets it, right? So at the beginning, I did that. I told, like, white lies about my ability to execute. Eventually, this one dude said, hey, let's see it. And I remember I was cooking breakfast. When he responded, I dropped everything. I go to my laptop. I start writing tweets for him. <laughs> And like, that was the one thing I, I knew how to do at the time, writing tweets. Like that was the okay. one skill, right? And I sent it to him. He was like, oh, those are interesting. Let's hop on a call. Got him on a call. Now, 
people told me you need to charge at least two thousand dollars for your service right and if you're listening to this i i'm i think i can contribute with selling services especially clients coaching services not that much on info products and, and low ticket stuff like i'm I don't think I have much credibility there, so I wouldn't listen to myself yeah. on that. <laughs> but clients and the other things, uh, I, I did my fair bit of suffering. So maybe you can learn a few things. But anyway, I got him on a call. It's you're supposed to charge 2K. But I got nervous. And I was like, man, nobody's paying me 2K. That's two-thirds of a year's salary. It's like, fuck that. I'm not charging. Like they, even if I said it, I know like my voice would have cracked, you know? So right. And I, who I were the, like, where were they located? You were in Guatemala. Where were they? They were in uh, the California. Client. It's like okay. the guy was loaded. Okay. Like the guy had money, yeah. you know, but I, I didn't yeah. understand yeah. how much money, you know, but yeah. anyway, we got, I got him on a call and in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to charge him 2000. I'm going to charge him $750. Okay. And I'm going to offer a payment plan. Check this out, a payment plan, 750 bucks service, right? That's how, that's how bad it was. And then I was like, okay, fuck it, let's go. So I got him a call. I remember when it was time to drop the price. I remember I was in the middle of my presentation. I prepared like a really cool presentation for him. He stops in midway and he's like, dude, I'm sold. Like, how much is it? Right? He could tell I was an amateur. And then I was going to say 750. And I, I, I remember I choked and I was like, it's $700. And, but we. <laughs> But if you have a payment plan, don't worry about it. Do you want to split it? <laughs> <laughs> so you were kind of unselling yourself right away. Oh, God, dude. I was just <laughs> like all the, all the mistakes ever. Yeah. Like, I wish I recorded that. I wish I recorded that. Now not that I look at it. But anyway, he said like, no, it's it's fine. You'll probably spend that at lunch that day. Dude. But it, it's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And we hang up. And he didn't pay. He paid like three days after. But I remember I was in a I was in a horror ride with my dad, and then I was telling him about this dude. Like he ghosted me. I was so like discouraged. And then the PayPal things comes through, and they took a fee. It was really like six seventy or something. But dude, that was to me the most hype I've ever been on any notification of any money of anything ever, because. To me, that was that first belief. It, it like made me believe, like, man, if I did right. it once, I can do it twice, right? So, all these yep. things, all these, like, I did a huge amount of work. I absolutely sold my time. I absolutely applied no leverage, but right. it happened. And that one first, it gave me belief. And after that belief, I kind of knew that I could go for the rest. Yeah, and so that was your first like online money that you'd made at that point. No, my first online money was. Uh, yeah, the, the Fiverr logos. I remember. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you want to hear the story on that? Sure. Yeah. So there was this big dude on Twitter, Chris Johnson, he had like 70,000 followers at the time. And Chris Johnson, I don't know uh, if anybody knows him. He's like, for me on Twitter, he's the guy with the best branding, consistent voice, consistent branding knows exactly who he's talking to. It's just outstanding the quality of branding chris johnson has so i was like man i, I gotta have him as an ally i understood uh, i was uh you know how the 48 laws of power like get a master like just use his use his you know his clout i was like yeah, let's yeah. Do that. right so <laughs> i was I, I remember i i got a picture of him i downloaded it and i go to fiverr and i'm spending this seven dollars and i remember 
Paris. I negotiated the $2 fee. I was like, is there any way we cannot pay the $2 fee? <laughs> God. So I remember, I, I remember I did that. And anyway, I, I did end up paying for that, but I, I got the logo of somebody that drew it on Fiverr. It was like this cool cartoon looking face. And then I sent it to him. I was like, Hey, I did this for you. Like, I didn't even say I got it from Fiverr. I just said I did it for you. Like I did it for you. <laughs> and, um, thank you for everything. This is, this is my Twitter. If you want to check it out, if not, no worries. And guy, guy retweets me at 70,000 followers. And at the time I see that. And I, I remember I didn't, like, it was so hard to like sleep because every time I refresh, like new notification and new notification, I was like, holy shit, this is real. And then other people were saying, Hey, do you do logos? And again, I was like, of course I do logos too. Of course I'm the guy, I'm the logo guy. Of course, of course. Right. <laughs> it's bullshit. And then they hit me up and I, I go like, yeah, this logo is $15. I said, oh, that's fine, right? And I made my $8 profit on that. And I was like, man, I can do this again. And I did it again, and I did it again. And eventually, did you raise like, prices as you went? I, 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 the most I did was like 50 bucks, and it felt dirty. It felt <laughs> That's like, crazy. I'm, I'm doing weird. I'm, this is not, the Lord doesn't like this. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, because you weren't selling about, like an agency service. You were saying that I'm literally designing your logo directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't completely <laughs> honest. You know, it wasn't honest. Let's just be honest. But uh yeah, that was first dollar online uh was was that or either it was this one guy. So I had my like this PDF on social skills because I what I wanted to become a dating like, okay. uh, you know, like a game pickup guy. Right. And then I, I had this, um, this lead mag on like social skills and on, on the platform I had it, which is Gumroad, you could either download it for free or people could give you a tip. So I remember too. this one, dude, I was chilling in my, in my living room. This one that gives me, gives me five bucks and I, I jump. I'm like, holy shit. It's real. And it's like, <laughs> let's go. I go downstairs right to the chicken store that's next to where I live and I bought a burrito <laughs> and that was the best damn burrito I've ever had in my life it was awesome <laughs> I remember that now it took me like that's six great. months to get the money home because if you if you're in Latin America it's it's easier to make money than it is to bring the money home so the bank's bullshit but okay yeah it was so hype like it was, it was great that's what happened yeah that's the story of the first house yeah Awesome. All right. So what was the problem that your business that you ended up building solved? Yeah. So that that's, yeah. So we were leading up to that and I didn't, I didn't land. Right. Okay. So yeah. Uh, no, I forgot to land. I was like, Oh, my here? bad. No, 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 it was me. It was my bag. Cause I remember you asked about it and I was like, no, there's a little backstory, but I never got to a real story. Yeah. Yeah. So, the real business is a cold tweet hunter. So at the time I had like, I started growing on Twitter. I just, just started growing. And then there's, um, I started growing like as a ghostwriter. That was like kind of my reputation. I was going to ghostwrite. And then this guy named Tebow, he DMs me. He's like, dude, we created this tool. It's called tweet hunter. So 
what Tweet Hunter does is it really, it, the way I write is I copy a lot and I emulate what they say and then I kind of, you say it with my own experiences. For example, you guys have seen the, you've probably seen many times the tweet or the phrase that says, I would rather make $50,000 a month working for myself than $100,000 a month working for somebody else. You've seen that shit 10,000 yeah. yeah. Yep. Now, uh, uh, the way I write is I look at what's already hitting, like that one, like there's a reason why it's popular, and I'll change it to something. That's me. Like, for example, I would rather build 1,000 followers that are original than 10,000 followers who kind of like what I, what I have to work. Gotcha. Right? You, know you know what I mean? So okay. uh, the way Tweet Hunter works is it inspired you with other viral tweets. Like, hey, here are the viral tweets. This is okay. the yeah. wrapping that works. Now, all that's left for you is this is already engaging. Turn it into a, into a good tweet with your frameworks. Right, so they allow you to steal yeah. like an artist, if you will. Mm -hmm. At the time, I was using Notion, Google Docs, Google Drive, and uh, in Zapier, kind of for so like four apps. Three hundred did it in one. So just from the from the get go, I, I was hooked. I was like, man, this is this is awesome. So I remember Thibaut uh, asked me to try for one month, right? And I'm gonna get one like for for one month for free. And I remember I looked at it. and I'm like. I don't want one. I want equity on this thing. Now, there was a big jump, right? And here's where the first yeah. guy comes in. Remember the $700 guy, the one I choked on the call? So I, I go up to him because he's like still one of the richest dudes I know. And I'm like, dude, I have this opportunity. How do you structure the deal? I've seen this in Shark Tank. And he tells me like, oh, this is how it works. This is how you structure the deal. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. So I go up and ask him, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want. And eventually we ended up partnering up because they had a, an awesome product and no audience. I had a huge audience, no product. So okay. it was kind of the builder seller, dynamic, right. you know? Uh, so we partner up, we was making a few dollars a month. And then we partner up and just launched to the audience. And because it was kind of a good fit of grow on Twitter, that's what I built my audience on. Uh, we reached like maybe from 4K to 14K MR in like two months. It was, now, it was great. Did they already have customers or were they like pre-launch when they were letting you test it out or had they already launched? They officially? had, they had, a, they had yes. some customers. They were making a, a few okay. hundred dollars a month. Yeah. But you helped them scale from 4K to how much? To 14K. And then kind of the, how the deal was structured, it, that's interesting to your audience. It's I was going to unlock equity as we reach new revenue levels, right? Yeah. So this, like, I was going to unlock this much at ten thousand dollars a month, this much at fifteen, this much at twenty-five. Right? Kind of, that's kind of how it went. Yeah. And so we were putting up. We both had the incentive to grow the thing, and now it makes like a hundred forty. Thousand dollars a month, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month, something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's so, the story of it. Really. Yeah. So, was the main way that you grew it? Is it just continually putting it out to your audience on Twitter? Yeah, I always say that these guys are 
these guys operate the business. I operate the show business. So I, <laughs> <laughs> my job was looking pretty on camera and, tell, and directing people to Tweet Hunter, making people click on stuff. Right. Nice. Their job was fulfillment, yeah. retention, application, talking to people, customer support, all the like everything. Right. Yeah. My job was making people click. So it's like they had a, almost like they had an exclusive affiliate deal with you, or did they also leverage other, like affiliates to help them launch or get into new audiences? At this time, there weren't any affiliates involved. Not not like. Not relevant revenue was coming from affiliates. Maybe compared to the other ones, but most of it was from me just bringing my audience into it. Wow! You know? Now, uh, yeah, that was that was super cool. But um, if you want to go like back to the title of the podcast, the first customers, I wouldn't recommend it because that's software. That's SaaS. Software is complex. Software is hard. Like I always right. tell people, uh, you should start with service businesses because it allows you to serve. $2,000 stuff, $3,000 stuff, or in my case, $700 stuff, right? But <laughs> don't make my mistake. Don't choke. Say it with confidence. But yeah. It allows you to, um, to sell big ticket items. And honestly, like the thought process somebody has between a $200 purchase and a $2,000 purchase is kind of the same. If you can show them that and they improve to them, that they're going to make more money with you than they pay you, then they're going to give you $200 or $20,000 or $2,000. Right? right. So I always recommend people start with service businesses because it's just very little risk. You can start fast. You can whip out a landing page today. You can start sending DMs today. There you go. You have a business, right? And I, right. I like to start with that because of how little it costs to fuck up. That makes you know, sense. And not as in, not as in like how hard it is to fuck up because it's very easy to fuck up, but how little consequences you will have if you fail. Because what happens if you fail? Well, so what? You sent a few DMs, you spent a right. couple bucks on the landing page on the logo. Like, yeah, it's not gonna kill you. You know, whereas if you spend thousands, yeah. like your entire cash on a software. Right. Yep. That is going to I told I told the people at Tweet Hunter, guys, before we sell, I do not want to know what programming language this is written in. Don't tell me. I don't know. I don't know what programming language to code and I run it. You know, I'm the owner of it. I don't know what programming language is written on. Because I, I wanted to make yeah. that economy. So it's complex. I I got incredibly lucky and I'm incredibly blessed. We have an outstanding teams in product and development. Like these guys are world class at what they do. Now that right. was my fifteenth business. Like there's many things that failed, but the one that the one that did well was the. Um, I mean, the one that started was the ghostwriting. That's a service business, and I recommend that's where people start. So, how would you get more customers for the the ghostwriting business? It was just pure cold DMs. People call DMs, man. Like the the awesome. way I the way I like to look at this is, you go. If you really want to get customers, like if you want to achieve certain goals, you already know what you need to do. Like let's take losing weight for example. Like so, you want to you want to drop weight? Well, you kind of already know what to do. Just eat less and run more. And that's it. There you go. 
right. solution, right? Yeah. You you wanna <laughs> I don't know, you wanna get a girlfriend to dress well, get in shape, go talk to more women. Right? There you go. You wanna make money, craft an offer, and talk to more people about it. So I feel like people don't have a strategy problem. The strategy is actually pretty straightforward. It's just find an offer, pick a good market, and talk to people every day. And eventually you're going to land one, right? People don't have a strategy problem. They have an execution problem. They just don't stick to it. They don't do it. So the way I like to look at service, business, client, acquisition, it's you go fast on the pedal or slow on the wheel, right? You go hard on what you know you need to do. The outreach, 20 messages a day, 50 messages a day, 100 yeah. messages a day, right? You go hard on crafting the offer. You go hard on finding a good market and posting content consistently. But on the wheel, you don't change it. Because you know that if you stick to not eating and working out, you're going to get fit. And you know that if you stick to crafting a good offer, picking a good market, actually doing legion, you're going to make money. What happens is we gain patience. What happens is we get desperate. We think that we need to speed something up when in reality we should actually just control our impulses and not change the plan. The only yeah. way you can fuck the plan up is by changing it. Yeah, so stick to the process that you know works. Yeah, man. Fast on the, fast on the pedal, slow on the wheel. I like that. So it sounds like there's a like a potential service business or an info product or something like that that you're kind of tiptoeing around, or maybe you already have something like that for people trying to get a service business started and like laying out the steps or the philosophy that you have there. Do you have something like that where you describe like how you've done this? And so kind of turning that into a template to sell to others. I, I used to, I, I don't target people anymore because I, I don't target starters anymore. And with all due respect, like, let's just like, I, I was broke too. Like I'd make zero money. Like I, I negotiated a $2 mm -hmm. fee. Like, come on, I, I've been there. Yeah, I know. Right. So right. I just realized that uh, yeah. the way you think when you make zero, when you have made $0 online and the way you think when you made $1 online is black and white, it's not even, it's completely different from $0 to $1. It's, it's not even close. So, a lot of those lessons are very, I don't know, they're very spiritual, they're very emotional, they're very hard to learn without doing. So I used to target people who didn't make any money online. No, I don't. I only target people who have at least 2,000 followers. They already have an audience and they encountered the same problem I encountered, which is I have this audience. I have all, all these likes, comments, and retweets and story shares or whatever, but I'm not making any money. What do I do? So now... What I do exclusively, only that, it's I show people with more than 2,000 followers how to monetize their existing audience. And I take them to 30K a month. That's called okay. tweeting clients. That's what I do. Yeah. No beginners. Okay. And so Tweet Hunter, that project ended up selling. And so you cashed out of that project altogether? I did. Yeah. So that, that cool. ended up selling. And um, again, Dude, if you could ask me, if you ask me about M&A, equity, VC, acquisitions, I have no shit. Like, I was blessed. <laughs> I was blessed with a great team. And they just told me, like, hey, like, we've been doing our due diligence. This is a price. You in? And honestly, it was cheaper than I, than I was expecting. 
Like, I, yeah. gonna, I, I thought I was going to sell it. I thought I was going to sell it for more, honestly. But I understand I, that game is complex and SAS is complex. And yeah, my, there were, there were a few things. If you ask my team, they're going to tell you a few things. Maybe my heart wasn't in it. I was, I kind of got lazy at the end. And I yeah. thought, yeah, it's not the biggest thing, but I don't know who, where I read it, but it's like better to exit early than to exit, than to never exit, you know? So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. We have this offer on the table. I, I can take the money, like, I appreciate it and fuck it. Let's go. So we took the money and now I just go hard and tweet some clients. Awesome. So how many years were you involved with Tweet Hunter? One. And when did it sell? August or September? Actually, this less than one. So it was like 11 months. 11 months or 12 months. Wow. All right. And so that was 2022 it sold? It sold in 2022. Yeah. So. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's what happens. Perfect timing, it seems like to me, because especially with AI tools that are coming online now, ChatGPT and other stuff, it sounds like might start creeping into that kind of a market where if you're trying to figure out, hey, what's another way to say this thing or what's some popular things in this area, it could start to eat up some of the market share from from tools like that. Yeah, that could definitely happen. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know enough about that, but... I will say what prevented us, like what happened. So when we got to maybe like a million to 1.2 million a year, there was a point in which just acquiring more customers wasn't going to cut it. The game became making every customer more valuable. It was retention and upselling. Okay. So two things happened there because I'm, I'm not the CEO. Well, I'm not, I wasn't the CEO. I was the CM. Right. But, um, Two things happened there. One, I, I kind of got lazy in the beginning. My heart wasn't in it. And, and two, I didn't have the skill set at the time to grow the company to what it could be. Like I generally was incompetent at what needed to be done at the next step, right? So I got lazy, didn't learn the next step. So I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't take the next step, you know? And um, obviously that that revealed itself in the dashboard and how much money we made. And yeah. I don't know, for me, it was kind of where it, I'm not talking about Tweet Hunter. I'm talking about Molina's involvement in Tweet Hunter. It was kind of going downhill. So before it got worse, I feel like not only the AI thing, which has a point, but I didn't see it going better with me at steering wheel. So yeah. to me, it was a good idea to just, it was good timing to just quit because I honestly, at my current skill set at my current level, I don't think I could have scaled it much. I think we actually needed somebody else's eyes or involvement. That's good to have that kind of self-awareness. And I've seen that myself in different roles where you, you realize, okay, I, the best thing for the project is probably for me to fire myself and find a better replacement who can take it from here whether it's from interest or skill level. Yeah, 100%. The other day I was, uh, I was running my own podcast with um, this guy called Nib. So Nib worked with this fund of, he's, he's invested like $200 million. It's crazy, crazy, crazy money, right? 
and, and then you got on the podcast and like, dude, like you want to learn Twitter for me? Like, but <laughs> you should teach me. You should teach me, right? Anyway, we get, we started talking, and um, I asked him, okay, so you met billionaires, you made amazing founders, amazing entrepreneurs. What is one trait that you feel like stands above, like makes the best the best? And he goes like, ah, he, 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 you can see like the, the engine's turning in his head, right? It's like, well, it's, um, it's self-awareness. It's knowing when you don't have the skills and skills. So he told yeah. the story about this very competent CEO, very good at what he did, multi-million dollar company. And he's with Nev, Nev is the investor. So he calls him, he calls him to the side and he goes, Nev, I need to tell you something. We got a problem. And it's worrying, like, man, are you going to ask me for more money? Like, we've already invested so much time. Are you quitting? Are you going to die? Whatever. It's like, no, we need a CEO. And mind you, the guy's good at what he does. We need a CEO. And Nick goes, dude, you are the CEO. What do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, no, like, I understand. But on my current skill set, I'm best at product. We need somebody who's more competent than me at CEO because I'm not giving the company what it needs. And he mentioned that changed the way he sees entrepreneurs because like, it takes a lot of ego calmness to be able to say, hey, I'm not the CEO yourself, you know, that hurts. But he said that that's what stood up to me. I think I thought he was going to say competitiveness. I thought he was going to say like this anger, but he said self-awareness, which to me was one of the most interesting things we talked about. Yeah, because if your goal is to grow a business, then it has nothing to do with your personal involvement necessarily because the best version of that business might be you sit on the sideline, you know, putting all the best players in place and let yeah. them do their job. Yeah, it depends on, it depends on what you want, really. Like, yeah. Um, I realized with Tweet Hunter and Tweeting Times, I'm not exactly the best CEO, you know. Um, like, I'm not, I'm good at show business. There's other people good at business. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I I worked really well with operators, with analytic guys, which is my new partner. He's his name's Ryan. He's about operations systems, and uh, we just work great together because uh, I just he just tells me like Jackie, I just need you to book calls, just book calls, and show up to you know cohort. I'm like, got it. I got it. I. I have no idea how the things run. Like he does it, right? But it, like it yeah. works well because I, I can partner up with him in that way. So you focus on your strength. I, yeah, I will say though, if you want to get your first customer, and like I don't think you need a co-founder. I don't think you need a partner. I just think you just need to talk to more fucking people. Mm. <laughs> you just talk to more people. Get <laughs> get a yes, and then figure out how to get the yes. How to uh, get a yes and then figure out how to deliver on what you promised. Nice. And so the current business that you're focused on, is it tweets and clients, you said? Correct. Tweets and clients? Tweets and clients. All right. So what's the kind of the pitch or the problem that that company solves for your customers? Oh, it's the, it's the one where if you have 3,000, at least 2,000 followers, we're going to take you to $30,000 a month via Twitter. You need to be a coach, though. So if you're a coach with at least 2,000 followers, we take you to 30K. 
coach. So explain what do you mean by coach? Coaches, um, I mean, I mean, you, you're the coach. You know, you charge at least two thousand dollars for people. It could be, it could be fitness. It could be, I don't know. We got, we got somebody that's a herbalist. He shows people okay. how to make more money with herbs. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I've, I've held a few quit porn coaches. Like it, it's very broad. You know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This, this this herbalist that we got on a call, and I remember the thing that stood out to me the most from him was when he mentioned, I can look at people's tongues and figure out what's wrong with them. I'm like, dude, no fucking way. <laughs> that's his coaching business is the, the tongue analysis. No, that, that's how you get you into the door, right? That's oh, okay. Kinda, that's kind Got of the lead right? you know, and that, <laughs> that is, like his stuff is super like high level. Like I was impressed at how much he That's knew crazy. about magnesium. Like for me, I take magnesium at night. Turns right. out there's like seven or eight different types of magnesiums and they all do different shit and one like kills you. Like <laughs> I didn't know, right? Anyway, <laughs> got, got, we're on the call. It's like, I could tell, I'm like, it sounds like this astrology, you know, the astrology girls, oh, you're such a oh, Taurus, yeah. right? And they'll tell you everything yeah, about yeah. being a Taurus. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, come on. And I'm like, did you right. have so to? I yeah, I showed up my tongue. <laughs> over, a, over a Zoom yeah. call or something, you, you stuck out your tongue. Yeah, yeah. So that is, that, is a, that is a story of how I showed another man my tongue during a Zoom call. <laughs> Everybody, first customers podcast, this is what you're here for, right? So I, I, I that's it, that's so, the secret. Yeah, bro, that's it. You got to show your tongue to a potential client. On Zoom calls, that's it. Easy, right. So I did <laughs> Dude, the level of preciseness of which he told me what was wrong with me was outstanding. The guy looked at my tongue, <laughs> but he was looking at my soul. Dude, it was crazy. Crazy. But anyway, you, you so said about just physical... Or is it also like character? No, it was personal, emotional, emotional, spiritual. Like, really? Like, yeah, I was like, based Whoa. on the tongue. Yeah, because he because he separates it like the tip. I think it's okay. Tip he separate he classifies by color. Middle of the tongue he classifies by texture. Weird, weird. But he got it right. <laughs> he got it right. Like I got to give crazy. it to the guy. Actually, I don't think I don't think he's had a problem with me shouting out. His name is Hector Soriano on Twitter. Okay. Hector Soriano. So uh, there you go. Yeah, go show him your tongue. <laughs> it's always always something new. Everybody I talk to, there's always new tactics. That's yeah, definitely well, the first. <laughs> so when you mentioned coaching, it, it's very. We got fitness coaches. We got yeah. tongue. I don't want to say tongue master, but. You know, so massive. <laughs> we got, we got. So that's your target market is just all kinds of coaches with at least with, that. With at least that following, because I my whole thing is likes in cash. That's like my branding, right? Likes in cash, because okay. that's what happened to me. I got to seventy thousand followers, and then I got on a call with uh, this accountant. These accountant had nine hundred followers, and at the time. With 70,000, I was making 30K-ish month. And then I got him on a call with the accountant and I asked him, the guy has 900 followers too. Like, okay, so how much, how much is the business making? He goes, oh, we made 30K last month with 
one seventieth of my yeah. audience, and I'm thinking right. this is bullshit. Like, now, was he just a regular like accounting service, or was he specifically like an accountant promoting himself on Twitter? It's a it's an account promoting trusts on Twitter. It's a very specific kind of way in which you can okay. like essentially allows you to pay less taxes, but almost okay. less taxes for some people. Crazy. He does crazy things. So like yeah. like Kamala Harris and the Rockefellers and, and like Trump, they all set up something called trusts. Now these right. trusts, they have these like the tax code is intentionally made so that they're like some are vague enough so that you can kind of pay, right? And there's a certain combination of trust. Like there's like seven variables. There's one certain combination that allows you to like pay no taxes, that you are the only owner, like all the money is completely right. safe. Like if you're Bezos and you miss, I don't know, Bezos is not a good example. Johnny Depp, if you're Johnny Depp and you marry a yeah. psycho, right? She can't take anything from you if, if Johnny Depp talked to my accountant. It's crazy, crazy things, right? Anyway. Yeah, hmm. they're making 30k with 900 followers and i'm thinking whoa how are you making the same amount of money i'm making so ever since then i realized yeah likes ain't cash right so it's kind of a lesson you learn when you build a big following and you realize that you know you're not making any fucking money so i yeah. teach people who already learned that lesson that following isn't going to pay the bills you can't pay bills with likes right okay so how do you end up solving this problem for people? Can you get into a little bit of like, what's the the common issue you see? Like, why don't these people know how to grow their accounts themselves or what are they missing that, yes. that you help fill in the gaps? And like, how common is that same kind of pattern you see with these types of accounts? Oh, it goes, it goes everywhere. Dude. Because like, if I ask somebody like, okay, you have Instagram, you have Twitter. How do you make money from it? 99% of people will tell you, well, you build an audience and then you launch a product, right? Right. And then what happens is you end up getting trapped in the engagement form. So instead of talking about things that you are good at, you start talking about things that Elon Musk is good at, that Jeff Bezos is good at. So let if you, it goes to correlation, like people correlate the wrong variables. For example, if you eat right, mm -hmm then you work out, you will get in shape. That is a correlation that is correct. Whereas if you build a big following and you will make money, that correlation is false. Because why do people buy? People don't buy because they see you. People buy because they recognize you as an expert at what you do. Mm. Right? So a lot of us, we That's get good. caught up in the engagement trap. Or we get like, and like, just another tweet. Surely my income is going to change if I just have another viral tweet. Bullshit. You won't. But <clears throat> what I teach people is you don't build an audience and then launch an offer. You craft an offer around what you're best at and you build the audience around that. You are upfront from the beginning. Hey, I have something to sell. And let me explain to you why my own frameworks, my own thing, why I am good at what I do and why no matter how small sea or river or pond or even a puddle no matter how small this is i'm yeah. the best at solving that same problem right so that's why i yeah. teach people you don't grow the audience and then monetize you graph the offer and you build the audience around that kind of we do it backwards awesome so it's like hyper focused personal branding 
business building around your strengths or your service. Um, so that's what seems to be the model that works. What are some examples maybe of people that try, I guess you've touched on this already a little bit, but things that don't work where people are in this space and they're trying to do this kind of thing. Maybe if there, are there any common mistakes that you haven't mentioned? Yeah. The, the biggest one I feel is not answering the, um, the filter, the filter through which people, I'm trying to say this right. So this, this unanswered question if everyone said, which is why should I listen to you? Mm. Like everybody has this in their head. So yeah. imagine somebody goes to your profile and they're in, there's two types of content, right? Or they see two types of dudes. They're both copywriters. One copywriter talks about 10 legendary copywriting picks from Gary Halbert. Fair enough. That might get a few likes. The other copywriter talks about these 10 case studies made my clients this much money. Who are you hiring? The guy who yeah. talks about other people's successes or the guy that talks about what he did, right? right? So for me, the biggest mistake people make is they don't prove their competence. They mm. don't prove what they're good at. They don't show that no matter what the problem is or how small it is, at least off that small problem, they're the category king. So I'll give you an example. For me, I'm, I'm the, I genuinely believe I'm the best at Twitter monetization above 3,000 followers if you're a coach that sells a wealth service or fitness service, right? Like those are five levels deep, right? Those, that is a small ass pump, dude. If you compare it to right. like a Walmart, right? But I'm the best at it. Right? That's what people buy. Right. And I prove my competence every single day and people don't prove their competence. They prove other people, other people's competence, what they're good at. So every time I see a thread or a video or a tweet that says, here are Jeff Bezos, 10 keys to success. Cool. <laughs> what are your keys to success? And why yeah. should I listen to you? Right. That's good. So that's the biggest one. Like what people don't prove what they're good at. Man, dropping some serious gold here. But good. I told you, man, I told you before we this got this far, I asked him like, yo, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm on, let's go. This is good. It's really good. I'm, I'm about sold, man. I, I just got to get my Twitter followers up so I can hire you one day. Uh, <laughs> so are there any other competitors? You kind of, you touched on this just now. You said you're the number one. Are you, are you seeing others who are trying to solve this problem that you are in your specific niche? I don't have competition. I've always, okay. I've always believed that. Like, you know, like, of course, there are other tweet schedulers. Like, tweet hunters not the the only one, right? But yeah. that belief of I have no competition really allows me to be patient and play longer term games because social media business is a game in which whoever waits the most wins. And if I look at competition, I get impatient. And if you get impatient, I won't wait. So, genuinely mm -hmm. believe deep in my heart, I have no competition and. Are there other people selling to the same people I am? Maybe, but then they're selling to a, a different kind of fish. My pond is so small, I'm the only yeah. one. You know? It reminds me of uh, what Naval Ravikant talked about, like redefine what you do and tell it you're the best in the world at that yeah. thing. Yeah, correct. It sounds like exactly what, what you've done. You found that thing where you've redefined exactly what you dominate to where you can truthfully say, I dominate this specific thing. Dude, there's this guy on Twitter, his name's Tim. He's in tweets and clients. 
he wrote, it was impressive. He does TikTok management, right? And everybody's talking about how to go viral on TikTok, how to sell more with TikTok. Dude, guy wrote for a week threads on like three or four threads on just how to use pinned TikTok videos to sell more. Just pinned. He went okay. hard on it. Do you recognize how small of a pawn that is? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of money there. And a lot of people bought sure. Yeah. Wow. Impressive shit. I was I was super yeah. impressed when I saw that. Yeah. So you were saying how you prove every day you're the best. You give evidence. Can you give us one example of maybe your, your biggest win in this company, the tweets and clients? Uh, one of yeah. Your so, yeah. I, I, do, I won't give you examples of my wins. I'll give you examples of my clients wins because those are the ones that count. Yeah. There you go. But, um, 1,500 followers, Michael Hoffman, he came into me. He had this passive income academy so he's he was going to show people how to just how to build passive income with vending machines and he had okay. this offer we gave him a few tweaks we gave him a few em sets he he went to 30k a month he made thirty one thousand dollars in 30 days with 1500 wow. followers crazy shit. I was like, Yo, what was he making before anything he was making he was making 12 12 12k then it ended up like I think 43K total. So about, so, about tripled it. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Uh, this guy, yeah. Tim, so he was making, um, he got banned, actually. So he got mm. banned from Twitter. He had like 10,000 followers. He got banned. Had to restart all over again. He has 3,000 followers now with his new account that he had to start. In 60 days, he grew from zero to 3K followers and made $30,000 recurring on 30 days. It's wow. 60 days. So yeah, those, those are the, that's what happens when you're honest about your approach. Like when you yeah. are like, Hey, no matter the pond, I'm the best at what I do. Because right. we think that because the pond is small, that means small money. And that is a false, that is a false belief. It's not true. If the pond is small, there's probably a lot of money. Right. Clarifies what, what you offer to the world. So you, you can attract, I guess, exactly those people that need that thing. And it's also honest, dude. Like, let's say you want to yeah. let's, let's say you want to date a girl. Like, there's two approaching like approaches, right? There's the dude on Instagram that likes everything she posts and comments the fire emoji, and then agrees <laughs> to everything, and then hopefully she'll have sex with you, right? And then and then it's like one day, like one day after three years, he'd be like, "Hey, let, let's grab coffee, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. That's the audience building approach most people have, right? Yeah. Get the goodwill and then like monetize. But then I go with the other approach, which is just being direct. Like, hey, like maybe you see her once and it's like, hey, like I like you. Let's go out. You're just be, being honest. And that allows you to get no's fast, but you get shit to yes is fast. You know, it's just more honest. You have this quality yeah. audience and like, that's why I don't believe people who just say, hey, I'm here to provide value, bro. I'm just here to network with interesting people. It's bullshit. Bullshit. You're here to make money. Let's just yeah. be honest about it, right? So yep. ever since I was honest about my approach and I taught that to people, one is people didn't get shocked when they were trying to monetize because, you know, 
hey, I kind of told you that in the beginning. Like the girl is right. shocked when the guy is going for a kiss because he kind of told her he's into her, you know, from yeah. the beginning. Yep. And and two, it's just they become recognized as category things because they do one thing better than everybody else. Yeah. You mentioned that that uh, that one guy got banned. Is that something that you see that people have to be careful about a lot? Or is it just a fluke thing that happens every once in a while? Or We still don't know why he got banned. But Twitter really? is weird. There's a few ways. Uh, if you're running Twitter ads, don't include any guarantee or promises. You will get banned. Okay. It's just, it's just bad. Now, on Twitter, don't, don't get involved in, in drama. Don't fight against the left wing. Don't include very controversial tweets. And uh, don't talk about retweets. Don't talk about, like, undercover stuff. Um, those, those will keep you fine. Don't get into fights. Play nice. Yeah. Focus on just proving your, your service value. Yeah. They're just like every time people start fights I, on Twitter, I already know they're not making money because then you wouldn't be fighting <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, yeah. you got skin in the game if you're actually earning money from it. Yeah. I saw another great tweet by Calicrates. I just had sex with my smoking hot wife. Time to go complain on Twitter. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, since you started this new business, was that started during Tweet Hunter? Or af- did you have to wait till after? Or It was started um, during Tweet Hunter. Again, like, yeah. my bad. My heart wasn't in. I, yeah, uh, I got distracted. You know, uh, like in the Matrix, the lady with the red dress. Hormozy talks about this. You know how yeah. Neil gets distracted by the girl. Like that's yeah. that's what happened. Now, I yeah. told my new business partner, like upfront, like, dude, I'm going to do just this for three years. Are you in it? Because I don't want you to quit like I quit. Like, yeah, can't quit. We signed a contract. We're going to work together. Cool. And this is a service business that could go long-term, but right now it sounds like you said you just committed to three years and it, uh, yeah. and so yeah, is this they, something you're planning on trying to, to flip eventually and have another sale type moment? Or is this like a, just kind of seeing yeah, how it goes? Maybe. That'd okay. Be cool. I, yeah, to me, it's just, I, I just want to see how much I can grow it because, yeah, because I have such strong operations with Ryan with me. I know the dude, he can't take the leads. Like he can't take the business. So it's up to me to get the fucking business. I just want to see how big can it be, honestly. Yeah. And then I'll make a decision when, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather beach management someday. Yeah. Is it, uh, how's the growth rate? How's it looking? Like, are you getting the frequent sales? Are you closing sales well? What's your kind of your yeah. total number of customers you've served maybe? Yeah, we got like 80 people inside. So uh, we are actually the revenue has gone down, but the recurring revenue has been, has been good. So before we used to charge 15 K upfront for the entire thing. Now we changed it. It's like, you know what, let's focus on recurring revenue instead. So we charge 2 K a month. So more people are coming in and that allows us to have the recurring revenue. And it's nice not having to fight for a sale every month, you know? Right. So, uh, for it's sure. It's nice having that. That was Ryan's idea. He said, 
like rem, like the dashboard screenshots are cool, but let's focus on cash flow. Let's focus on yeah. So that was, that was Ryan's doing. And so have your tactics changed? Because you said cold DM a lot up front, and it seems like with your audience that maybe you've you get some inbound kind of leads coming in. Yeah, I don't, I don't get much inbound. Like really, people don't get as much as inbound. As people think, what I like to do is I like to go over my own followers and DM the people who are qualified. And what I teach people is go to people who have the audience you would like to have. Okay. And DM those that look qualified. So you're kind of audience hacking. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. You spend a lot of time with me already, and I really appreciate it. And if you have a few more minutes, want to just go down a list of a few rapid fire questions uh, about a few common tactics that people use and you can kind of yes or no whether or not you've used them. Oh, whether or not I've used them? Yeah. Sure. All right. Have you used, well, the first one on the list, Twitter, you've already answered yes. that clearly. <laughs> I have. Facebook. No. Instagram. Somewhat, it's just there. Okay, and this is more in the context of going after customers on these platforms or advertising and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, YouTube clients, you know. So that's My right. That's yeah. YouTube. Yes, I'm going hard okay. on YouTube because it's also okay. this audience nurturing mechanism. So yeah, I'm going hard on YouTube. JK Molina, YouTube. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn. Yes. Okay. Pinterest. No. Reddit. No. Snapchat. No. Is, is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't use it myself. Uh, TikTok. It's kind of there, but not. Okay. Uh, product hunt. Yes, for Tweet Hunter. Okay. Uh, medium. No. Quora. No. Uh, your own separate website or blog outside of Twitter? Twitsandclients.com. There we go. Um, any other forums or like niche industry sites? Are you active on those? Not really. Um, and then a couple other like review-based sites. It's more software related, but G2? No. Captera? No. Trustpilot? No. I don't want right. any of those two. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about cold calling? Mm. They do cold DMs, but... I, I don't do cold calling. Well, I have a setter. So every time somebody drops your phone, he, I wouldn't call that cold because they're kind of inbound leads. So I don't okay. know how you call that. I call setting appointment setting. Okay. So that's more, I guess, qualifying somebody who's already contacted yeah, you. Call, not a cold call. Okay. Uh, snail mail, like physically mailing things. Uh, no, that's a good idea. Okay. Um, influencer ads. Uh, 
Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I paid for retweets when I was first starting, but yeah. Okay. Email marketing. Yes. Yes, I have an email list. Okay. Do you do cold emailing? I have, yeah, actually I'm on the podcast because of it. <laughs> I have someone sending okay. me a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, and any kind of advertising, retargeting traffic from your site, that kind of thing. Next year. Next year. Okay, cool. Well, that's the list, man. Um, awesome. That cool. was really insightful to see how you're doing things. Yeah, it was good to talk. Uh, any other last words or advice for people out there trying to, trying to get something started? Yeah, just fucking do it. Like, there we go. DMs, just talk to people. Awesome. And if stuff. they want to... Yeah, and if they want to hire you, reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm basically a Twitter addict. So go to JK Molina on Twitter, at 1-O-N-E, JK Molina, and I'm there. If you have more than 2,000 Twitter followers and you would like to monetize your audience to $30,000 a month, we're there for you. Awesome. All right. See you next time, guys. All right.